0: Mic on also. Mm-hmm. Oh Deve Matrikcha Mangalam, Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam, Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharmasarupine, Avatar Avarishtaya Ram Krishna Mangalam, Om Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Gurudevo Mahishwara, Guru Devoparam Brahman Tasmaishri, Guru Veena Om Sada Shiva Samarambam, Shankaracharya Majamam, Ashmarachara prayantam gurum param param shigunishaya Sharda devi. So, continuing our reading from Swami Vivekananda's Bhakti Yoga, and some little books came in the mail a few days ago. We ordered a bunch. Most of them are gone, so we'll order again. They're like four or five dollars, really cute little convenient. You realize it's a very small little book, and it's a little tiny booklet, a lot of very big ideas. <laughs> so last week we kind of we did two sections. We did the chapter uh, in my version. I've been reading from uh, kind of an ed, uh, edited by, uh, edition by on the called the Yogas and other works. I like just the big. I like big books and it feels. Heavy compared to the little tiny book. Reading today's class would be so. uh, So I've always it's just such a a beautiful book. But it has now I'm realizing comparing there's a few things because it's edited for ease for a new presentation. We just notice some of the Sanskrit Devanagari verses are left out and the Swamiji's quoting. I've been saying it's like oh Swamiji there's a translation but we don't know the quote. But actually the quote (laughs) they to include the quote so so that's good in the the, in the book. It's the same but it has. Some, and the title, I just noticed the title is different. This is the chapter we read last week called Incarnations. This is called Incarnate Teachers and Incarnations. Right? Uh, so it's, I think, the uh, like here, the mantra Om. Here is a mantra Om, word and wisdom. So it's like, it's just the slight differences. But. Anyways, <coughs> so the section we read was called Incarnations. And if you think of, if we kind of get a, uh, a little bird's eye view of what, of what Swamiji has done, uh, first it was the, his definition, what, what is Bhakti? and what, What's defined by Bhakti? Uh, uh, what, is ish, what is the, ish, who is Ishwara? Because one of the definitions of Bhakti is that Bhakti can only be to Ishwara. Now we use the word the Bhakti means devotion. Or loving devotion, or like, but it's uh, we can have devotion to ideals. We can have devotion towards people. We can have devotion towards monsters, political leaders. You know, anything we can have devotion. That's not, but that's devotion. But it's a problem we don't have uh, a special word for. Like bhakti is a is a very specialized word. Uh, um, So by bhakti as Narada means it, it's devotion specifically for ishvara. So then he goes into what is ishvara. Right and what is meant by God like this? Uh, then it was uh, uh, what is the, the the goal of bhakti is spiritual realization. It's one of the titles of the chapter, right? And so that's important because uh, uh, sometimes we show devotion, uh, we worship God, we worship deities, we worship uh, saints, right? And yogis and we do service, right? Uh, not always for the goal of spiritual realization. You know, sometimes it's as simple as you know, let me do good in my exams, <laughs> because I remember those prayers, <laughs> right? Or let let somebody become healthy that's sick, right? Or let me find a job, or let my husband find a job, or like like this, or may our marriage become smooth and problems in the marriage. These are natural, of course. These are natural things, but they're not in the same category. It's not by what's meant by bhakti. Bhakti, the goal of bhakti is spiritualization, and then spiritualization is also defined. You know. Uh, uh is liberation, supreme enlightenment, nirvana like this, you know, the highest conception. <clears throat> Bhakti, hold on here. And then the need then we read then we skipped two chapters, the need of the guru and the qualifications of Guru and Disciple. Those we read on Guru Purnima, right? We just kind of that's what made me inspired by this text, to continue it, right? Because now it's now it's uh, uh, the goal of, of bhakti is for Ishvara, But how do we know who is Ishvara? Ishwara is God. Ishwara by definition, Ishwara is a definition of something that's beyond definition. We can't conceive, right? An infinite uh, even the word infinite is a, is a finite human conception. So how do we know that? So then you have to, and bhakti is all about, you know, what do we do? We have gurus, we have saints, we have mantras, we, we worship avatars, we worship deities, we do puja, we go on uh, pilgrimage, we uh, have murtis and pictures, uh, uh, we uh, sweep temples, we cook food and make food offerings, you know. So how does that connect with Ishvara, the, the great beyond, the inconceivable, absolute being, right? Uh, so, So first he starts with guru, what is guru, right? And then... Uh, then, he, then the the, the, uh, the chapter on incarnations we read uh, is the incarnate teacher. If the guru is important now, the guru is also uh, uh, what to speak of these the, like world gurus, the incarnation. Then he then he says that actually those we can only wor- if we're going to worship anything we have to worship the avatar, the incarnation, right? And he gave, you know, because we're humans, we think of the highest thing we can think of is the greatest possible idea that the human mind can conceive right beyond that we can conceive so he says that we have to worship so that's uh, 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 and then we rush through and i'm a little bit i don't want to take time to, to go but actually as we we've gone through so many talks on mantra so we kind of rush through his his description of om but om the the how om is the symbol the best possible symbol of the absolute akanda the uh, um, the the unmanifest or the infinite source of being that manifest everything right he shows that in, in a very simple way uh, and, and just like that one being within that one being there is many revelations of that being and so just like om is a perfect name for the perfect word or the name or the sound of the infinite being uh, beyond uh, uh, beyond name, beyond form there's also when that same being is conceived as with name and with form as specified Right, as as as, uh, as distinct, as individual, as mo- uh, uh, as uh, well, No, that's not the right word. No, that's a bad thing. Right? <laughs> no, multiplayer. Many uh, the uh, hmm? as many <laughs> as variety, variegated. How's that? Right, right. Uh, uh, then he doesn't go much into it. It's assumed that you accept the, the point. Is that that uh, those names reveal those individual forms of the deity. It's like Om best represents and encapsulates and reveals and uh, and touches the infinite uh, beyond name and form. When that infinite is conceived of as name through name and form, as deities, as avatars, as qualities, then there's mantras that encapsulate, reveal, uh, touch uh, 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 those. So that's where, like that, but that's a jump but this is the, the 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 meditation on mantra goes immediately into the into uh, the chapter we'll do with today uh, worship of substitutes and images uh, because we have at a very I mean if you think of, if you think about it, the, the the philosophy behind mantra is pretty abstract right to go into sonic theology, right how uh, how God's name is or divine a divine sound is, both points, It's you have to go into linguistics how it points to a referent, a referent, right? It's a sign that points to something. Yet a divine sound is also the thing that it points to. It's pretty, pretty. And most people, we we do we do prayers, right? And but most uh, um, in people in religions they pray, they they, they 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 worship, but the 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 meditative use of a mantra is not, uh, not universal. It's universal. It's found in every culture, in every religion, right? But it's meant for mystics, for yogis, the equivalents of yogis, that are doing this very precise form of meditation using a divinely revealed sound that, that shares the the uh, uh, the qualities of the infinite, as well as being something we can con- we can conceive. It, it shares the quality of the inconceivable while being conceived. So that's something very rarefied and specified for for a meditator, right? But we step down a little bit. That's not. Everyone's worshiping God or gods or saints or holy places, right? Not everybody, but you know really, that's the gist, uh, the, the gist and grist of, re- of religion, right? So we have to understand. Now he steps this step down, explains the idea of, worship, of worshiping symbols, worshiping uh, statues, worshiping uh, uh, holy places like this. So we'll start there. The next one I'm going to read because this has some some I don't want to skip this. He gave the Sanskrit verses, and I'll, they're not easy. I'll see if I can pronounce a little bit. That's good. Good, give him a shot. The next point to be considered: this is the worship of substitutes and images. The next point to be considered are the worship of pratikas, or the things more or less satisfactory as substitutes for God, and the worship of pratimas or images. So, pr- so these are the two words he's going to use. Back, he's going to use many, many times throughout this little chapter. So, prat- pratikas and pratimas. So, pratima. This is a word Thakur used. We uh, he worked on this, kind of like an image. I guess like an image of God would be a pratima, and a pratika is a substitute. Is as a, is a uh, not an image, but um symbol. symbol, I guess, is a good a good uh, 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 way. What is the worship of God Supratika? And this he quotes he actually quotes the verse. Abramani Brahmata Satyaha Satya Nu Sandhanam. No. Joining the mind with devotion to that which is not Brahman. This is Abramani. Right? That, so you put the mind on something that's not Brahman. Right. So a symbol of God is not God right that's a very it's an interesting start you know so that what is the worship of a symbol of god it's putting the mind on something that's not god why would we do such a thing (laughs) uh, uh, uh. with devotion to that which is not brahman taking it to be brahman there's another verse i going through my notes because in our classes on the on the kali we quoted this but i didn't remember it by heart and then i couldn't find it Right, uh, but it's a famous verse, and it's from the Tantra, it may be from Mahanirvana Tantra, something like that. He says that Brahman, which is beyond concept, beyond name, beyond form, beyond thought, a thought is attributed to it, Right, and therefore we can think about it. We can think about something. Uh, uh, something that's beyond thought, a thought is given. Something that's beyond form, a form is assigned. Something beyond name, a name is indicated, indicates it. Right, so that that's called worship. That's a definition in the tantra as puja. Puja is assigning a thought, a name, a form, an idea to something which is not, which is beyond it. Right. Once again, why why do that? But the thing, it's beyond. So it's un. In one one definition, one very nice uh, uh, poetic name that we find in the mystics is like the unknown. Right. Or, or, or sometimes the unknowable. Right. The infinite, inconce- inconceivable, akanda. Uh, 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 infinite, inconceivable, unchanging, beyond time, beyond—well, we can't think of these things. Even these words don't have clear meaning if we really think about them, right? Yet we think of it. We think of him or her, right? You know, we we do meditate. We do think about that which is unthinkable, right? So, in one sense, and this is a challenge that many modern. Religious, by modern, I mean you know, you know, six, seven hundred years, right? Religious movements, right? Will will uh, 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 we'll, uh, we'll claim that since you you can't can't give a name or a form, right, or an idea, and any any idea you give to that the one that's infinite is a mistake, right? And so that's an argument can be made. It's, it is a mistake, right? But it's unknowable. It's unknown, it's, uh, Swami, the other Swami Bhajananda, there's a senior Swami Bhajananda in the Ramakrishna mission, in a beautiful uh, class he gave, uh, uh, writing on Sri a- It's called Ramakrishna, the Unknown. It's, a be- it's, it's exquisite, it's a masterpiece, I think. One of his most poetic and emotional writings. He's a brilliant writer and thinker. But he says Sri Ramakrishna is unknown, but he's not unknowable. Right? And so God is unknown, but not unknowable. Although one of his names is on the unknowable right so although his his, in, his farthest extent cannot be known by the finite mind right so on so Sri said only brahman realizes brahman right so brahman knows brahman the infinite alone knows the infinite right so we're on this side of that divide if we're we're in the in the finite perspective we can only know we can know something but what we know is unlimited we can never there's no end to the uh, to our knowledge to our ability to know right so, we've talked a lot about this in the Kali Sasanama, that when we give a name, or we give, when we say something about the infinite, actually it's true. If we say anything about anything, we, we, we've, we've used this term that like we revealing not our knowledge but our ignorance. When we say, when we, actually, sometimes we were a little nervous about commenting on something, especially somebody who's an expert, because what we say about it reveals how little we know. By revealing what we know, we reveal how little we know. Right. So and so, when we, we state, when we make a religious a statement on religion, right, on anything, but especially about religion, we're revealing our ignorance, right. And so, uh, that's dangerous, right. And then we fight based upon our ignorance, and and, and uh, But when we na- but so in in spiritual life, when we when 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 we name, we give a form or a name. This is from a, a psychological perspective. Or from a more uh, sacred perspective, when the divine reveals a name, or reveals a form, appears, gives uh, a way to think about him, her, it, them. Uh, uh, we, it, when we name it, when, we, when the name is, comes, and we, we are we naming our ignorance, right? That's the are we, same thing. Are We revealing our ignorance. So we're what we've discussed in the past is we're revealing our. Revealing the myst- we are naming the mystery. That's I think how we described it before, right? We're giving a, a name to that which is mysterious, which is unknown, right? Uh, which we can never fully grasp. Yet, we its allowing us to grasp it, right? To grasp the ungraspable, to think the unthinkable, to love the un—you know, like this. Uh, so, this, this has been an interpretive theme through our Bhagavatam classes, our Satsangama classes. Right, this is one of the main things in Bhagavatam classes. It's through devotion that we can grasp the unknowable, right? Know uh, the unknowable, like uh, uh, like uh, Mother Yashoda tying Krishna. He's infinite. How can she tie him? Right? If she tried. She'd always come a few fingers too short. and not all the rope in the world couldn't tie him because he's infinite, and rope even a lot of rope is really finite. Right? All the rope in the universe is really finite. Right. Yet he allowed himself to be caught out of devotion, out of her, out of her love, his love for her and her love for him. He allowed himself to be caught, right? That's we. This is one of the uh, sitting here. We gave a class. I remember that class was given here, uh, not outside in the cold, right? Uh, uh, But it's important. Sorry, we got a little critter. Anyways, I'm digressing. What does he say? Uh, Worship of the mind as uh, worship of the mind as Brahman. Oh, sorry. Uh, joining the mind with devotion to that which is not Brahman, taking it to be Brahman, says Bhagavan Ramanuja. This is Ramanuja Acharya's uh, definition, right? Uh, uh, worship of, of the uh, pratika of a symbol, that which is not Brahman. So, what does it mean by by saying it's not Brahman? Because in Vedanta we thought everything is Brahman, or and even saying everything is Brahman, that's that's okay. Actually, there's only Brahman, not everything. There's only there's no things. There's only Brahman, right? And Brahman's not a thing, right? So take a step back. Everything is Brahman, or Brahman has become everything. You can, according to different schools of thought, how do we interpret it? Yeah. So how to say that 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 the image, like a Shiva Lingam, isn't Brahman, right? Or or image of Kali isn't Brahman, or or, or Jesus isn't Brahman, or our Guru isn't Brahman, right? Because what are the qualities of Brahman? Infinite, eternal, unchanging, beyond conception. Yet the Shiva lingam, a kali image, the incarnate Jesus Christ, right? Our living guru, our dead guru, has a beginning, has an end, has a uh, has. It's not infinite. It's not eternal. It's within time. It's conceivable. All those things, right? So the mistake is, and this is the kind of the argument, one of the arguments that Samaji is going to make in this chapter, that if we take something that's that's by it, by all its qualities not Brahman, and we think, oh, that's Brahman. Right, is that a mistake or is that a good thing? Right? It can be both. Right. The worship Pratima, if you think maybe I'm I'm jumping ahead, let you make the argument. Maybe I'll stop and like, let you make the argument and get all, all fired up to make the argument for him. And see, Swamiji agrees with me, but <laughs> it's not the way it worked. thinking uh, about uh. me. Shankara says, so that's Ramanuja's definition. Shankaracharya says, worship of the mind as Brahman. This is worship with regard to the internal, and of the akasha as Brahman. This is what this is regards to the gods. The mind is the internal pratika, akasha is the external one, and both have to be worshipped as substitutes for God. So this is a strange definition, but actually uh, uh, we can imagine something in the mind, right, Uh, 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 and make the mind itself, consciousness, awareness itself, the focus, or or like that, and that's the internal. We take a mental image or the mind itself within the mind as a, as a focus of God, as a focus to meditate upon. Very yogic way of thinking, right? To make the mind or internal, the heart or the mind or consciousness or the ego or the sense of self, something like that as a focus of meditation. That is Brahman. Or to make Akash means space, right? So, so either you think, oh, infinite. That's really big space ultimately, right? Like the sky. Infinite like the sky, as if the sky is infinite. Or, or infinite like the ocean, as if the ocean is infinite. Right, so uh, 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 or seeing nature itself as, and and the gods of nature that control nature as as god as Brahman, that is internal external patim. Maybe we can take an internal symbol in the mind or external symbol in 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 space itself. And then he quotes from a, a line: "The sun is Brahman. This is the command. This is another verse in the from the Gita. Uh, I'm from the uh, from the Vedas. He who worships name as Brahman in in such." Uh, passages: A doubt r- arises as to the worship of pratika, says Shankara. The word pratika, meaning going towards, and worshiping a pratika means worshiping as a substitute something which is in one or more respects like Brahman, but is not Brahman. Along with the pratika mentioned in the Shruti, there is a, there is uh, there are various other others to be found in the Puranas and the Tantras in this kind of pratika worship may be included in this type of pratika worship may be included all the various forms of priti worship and deva worship pitri worship means uh, ancestor worship and deva worship the god so this is the most common in, in 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 lived hinduism people worship the ancestors and they worship the devas right and so uh, uh, so so it's uh, Shankara saying and uh, and that it's it's something that's like brahman but not Brahman, right? So it has some of the qualities, therefore it inspires. Like if you want to think, uh, like, uh, like the classic example that we think a lot is the example of the wave, is a perfect symbol of the ocean. Right? It's not the ocean. It's by definition op- almost opposite. In, in the realm of water, a wave is really small and the ocean is really big. So there are two extremes of a definition. But it's a perfect image of the because because it has a lot of qualities of the ocean. For instance, wet. Full of water, right? The ocean is full of water, and and the wave is full of water, right? So it's a very good symbol for the ocean. So when we when we have when we see symbols or images or or, or yantras or uh, of the of, of God, they represent or have qualities that we attribute to God, right? Or to the infinite, or to Ishvara, or to Brahman, right? But they but they're not they're not in full, right? And like or or sometimes we 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 think. Like uh, 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 Ganesha, what, who's Ganesha? Ganesha is the aspect of Brahman that removes uh, uh, obstacles, right? You know, so removing obstacles may be attributed as one of God's qualities, right? But so it's one quality; it's not all the qualities, right? But you see, those who there is Shankaracharya has a hymn to to Ganesha as the infinite Brahman, not as the remover of obstacles, right? So he can be so he's wor- anyway. We'll we'll jump into the next point. Now, worshiping Ishwara and Him alone is bhakti, right? So, actually, only worshiping the infinite God, the source of everything, the control of everything, that is bhakti. So, what about deva and pitri, ancestor and gods, right? It cannot be bhakti. It's, it's, so, this is so. This is a very it seems a little bit harsh statement. That oh, those who are worshiping the gods, not, That's not bhakti, right? If they're worshipping the gods as gods, right, and not as god. There's a difference, this is the point, I'm making Swamiji's point again. The various kinds of worship of the various devas are all included in ritualistic karma, which gives to the worshipper only a particular result in the form of some celestial enjoyment, but can never give rise to bhakti nor lead to mukti. So, actually, ritualistic karma, that means karmakanda, right? And most of the Vedas are karmakanda. Karmakanda is the the world of rituals, where it's actually, in a certain sense, you can almost consider it like the ancient world's version of scientific materialism, right? You do something, you get a result. It's a cause-and-effect relationship, very clear. You do this ritual, worshipping such-and-such a deva or such such ancestor, and there's a result expected, either in this world or in the other world. Right You worship the Devas, and you go to heaven. you worship the ancestors and the Devas, you your ancestors go to heaven or go to Pitraloka, or we you know like that we don't fall to hell. So this is, and that's um, for the uh, the vast majority of the Vedic literature is that. It's karmakanda, right? The rituals, the Agnihotra, all these things are meant for that. And of course, the different religions are not the same. they they've developed differently, but If you look at it in a particular way, most religion is in that category. You do this either you do this ritual and clear yourself of the sin, or you have a certain uh, 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 declaration of belief, and 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 therefore clear, and therefore you go, you attain a heavenly reward, right? According to what you do. Of course, this is not the way everybody sees, but this is one way to interpret uh, the different uh, religious uh, motivations, right? He said "But this cannot be that's in the realm of karma and therefore not bhakti and doesn't lead to uh, 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 mukti one thing therefore has to be carefully borne in mind i'm sorry uh the various kinds of worship of the various devas are all included in the ritual karma and gives a worshipper only a particular result in the form of some celestial enjoyment but can never give rise to bhakti nor lead to mukti. One thing therefore has to be carefully borne in mind. If, as it happens in some cases, the highly philosophical ideal, the supreme Brahman, is dragged down by pratika worship to the level of the pratika and the pratika itself is taken as the atman of the worshipper his antaryamin his inner, his inner being, then the worshipper becomes easily misled, for no praktika can really be the atman of the worshipper. But where Brahman himself is the object of worship, and the praktika stands only as a substitute or a suggestion thereof, that is to say, where, there, where through the praktika, the omnipresent Brahman is worshipped, the praktika itself being idealized into the cause of all, or Brahman, the worship is positively beneficial. Nade is absolutely necessary for all of mankind until they have gone beyond the primary or preparatory state of mind with regards to worship. Very big, dense statement, right? So, the 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 idea of, of, of the philosophical way of God being dragged down into practical prakti- uh, worship, symbol sim- worship. Uh, uh, so it seems almost the same thing. These two things that is, one is deluding and one is liberating, one is beneficial, but they're almost the same thing. But there's but there is a very big, it's a very subtle difference. This is a philosophical discussion. This is not a practical discussion, right? It's a very careful philosophical discussion. So you have to understand it. In the, I think in the Hinduism paper that Swamiji presented, I believe I may be mistaken, but that Swamiji presented at the Parliament of Religions, he he. Uh, uh, he says that using an antiquated term, even in the more primitive uh, tribal, right? We wouldn't use these that language now, the primitive tribal, simple villager, uneducated villager. Never read the Vedas, never never studied the sixth systems of philosophy, you know, right? Uh, Worshipping some stone under a tree. Right. He, he says, I you I don't hear them say, Oh my dear stone under the tree. Please bless my family with good health, right? They always instead they say, "Oh, infinite Lord of Lord, infinite Lord of compassion, right? The creator of everything, please bless my family, right?" So there's a difference when you take when you when you attribute the infinite to a finite thing. There's some danger. You'd say it doesn't say maybe not danger, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem very mentally clear. But when you when you know you worship or, or when you're worshiping that because the symbol becomes. Uh, uh, um, a vehicle for you to think of that which is beyond for you to contact which is beyond right uh, uh, then it makes it's very logical it makes good sense right uh, uh. Hmm. not only is worship and beneficial it is absolutely necessary for all mankind until they have got to have, have got beyond the primary and preparatory state of mind which is regard which regard to worship. When, therefore, any gods or other beings are worshipped in and for themselves, such worship is only ritualistic karma, and as a vidya, a science, it gives us only the fruits belonging to that particular vidya. But when the devas or any other being are looked upon as brahman and worshipped, the result obtained is the same as that obtained by the worshiping of Ishwara. Right? If you worship so, uh, and it's, it's we we uh, in. There's some very beautiful literature like Guru Gita and the literature of Guru Bhakti. Guru is a good symbol of this or a good example of this. Right. Right. We're told not to uh focus on the human characteristics of the Guru. Of course we have couldn't be Sometimes that advice is just used to uh, abusive relation between the uh, very unbalanced and unquestioning uh, uh disbalance of power and easily abused, right? That's why you should know before you accept a guru you should know the quality of the guru quality of the disciple what are the standards you know so but once the relationship is established well, authentically then it says that we shouldn't see the human characteristics right and then Sami shivananda rishikesh she says you should superimpose all the qualities of the brahman on the imperfect human personality of the guru right you know so because, so that's an interesting statement he says now the human personality of the guru is secondary Right, that's not your concern. That may be, I mean, that may be the state of California's concern. <laughs> you know, the tax code, you know, there's other things. Right? But for the disciple, at a certain point, it's not, it's not, it's not Now it's Brahman, Guru Brahman, Guru Vishnu, Gurudeva, Maheshwara, Guru Deva Param Brahman. You, to, to me, the Guru is Brahman itself, the Brahma Vishnu Shiva and Brahman itself. Verily, the supreme Brahman itself. Right, so that's the word that was, but. So actually in that of in that Guru, Brahman, Guru, Vishnu, Guru, Deva, Maheshwara, Guru, Deva, Param, Sri, Guru, Ve, So I can see, oh, my Guru, to me, he's a symbol, a revelation, or for all practical purposes, he's Brahman. Right? Or she's Brahman. Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, right? Or I can say, actually, I have good news for all of you. Right? You've heard it today, the good news. It's the new gospel, the new gospel truth. In Allahabad now, living now, there is a Swami, Swami Omanan Sadaswati, who is Brahman, who created the universe, who sustains the universe and will destroy the end of time. Right? You know, it's like, he's Brahman. Right? You know, it's like, that's, so, there's a difference. But almost no difference. The words are almost the same. Right? But one is fanatical and taking a human to be the infinite. The other is taking the, seeing the infinite in the human. Right? They're almost the same thing, but they're really different. Right, you know, because one of them is like I said, the good news, you know, it's like and it, what, what if you don't? But of course, disciples of other gurus may not see Swami Umananda as the one who created the universe, and sustains the universe, and destroys the universe at the end of time, right? So obviously, they're fools and rascals. They're they're ignorant. They're they're uh, 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 um, uh, maybe, you know, when God has come and they don't accept them, and they claim to be devotees of God. They they don't know who God is. They have no religion. They have no intelligence, right? It's very clear. Or you can see you can build a whole theological... I mean not can has, whole theological systems have been built. These are called modern the modern present day world religions. Or just, can be seen as building some some you take something and you trip tri- because we know God only through a finite uh, uh, um, uh, uh, we can only know our thought of the infinite can only, be, in the beginning can only be through a finite representative of the infinite right but if you if you take it wrong it becomes it can easily become fanatical right uh, and how and almost cannot not become fanatical that's the problem right but this slight shift is a huge shift right uh, like sri ramakrishna would say again and again uh, suchananda is the only guru right that was his way of taking the whole thing like they talk, no you're a guru my fine suchananda is a guru not even your guru represents. No, God is a guru, right? You know, not even my guru is God, or my guru represents God. God is a guru. Right? The real guru is Satyatananda, not the human being. It's like let's because it's too dangerous. As soon as you start the good, the, then you cannot. How do you avoid guru cult, right? Even with even with the more refined approach, it can easily become a guru cult, right? Because then become unquestioned. No, God is the only guru, right? Uh, uh, or uh, so saying. Uh, uh, Guru is God, and God is Guru, right? They're saying the same thing, but very differently, right? The so same so saying the symbol is that God has become that symbol, or God is represented by that symbol, God is revealed by that symbol, or that symbol is God, right? And what do we know about God? God's absolute, so that symbol is absolute. There's nothing beyond it. You can say you start building, you set a, a seemingly correct statement, and build a logical system, a theological system around it, right? It gets weird very quickly. And, that's, and you can see in modern day you know people look at religion I and mean, it this looks weird right it's not it, it's we've just discussed it it, it it it's almost can survive a modern critique right and and and, and that's a very uh, maybe that's good that religion will or that's a very sad thing that because that's our uh, traditional uh, connection to the sacred and to the infinite right we lose that we lose a lot right but at the face value, it seems, to, a, to an impartial thinker, right? You know, I've, I've been, we've mentioned that we've been invited to a devotee's home. It says, my, my son has become an atheist. Tell him, right, talk to him. <laughs> right? So I'm sitting there, you know, eating enchiladas with a family and face to face with a boy who, you know, very nice boy, right? And it's like, he's pretty much right. His arguments are right. <laughs> All the things that he's saying, I, I also agree. And the things that he, the, the god is he's defeating like that i mean he doesn't believe in. i don't believe in that god either it's really hard you know so so it's a sad thing but maybe uh, this challenge whether this 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 type of the absurdity when you're saying oh this person's now god and he's the only god or this 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 idea is only it doesn't stand on its own it, it doesn't serve it doesn't um uh survive a, a, a external critique right very circular This explains how, in many cases, both in the Shrutis and the Smritis, the Vedas and the Puranas and other scriptures, a god or a sage or some other extraordinary being is taken up and lifted, as it were, out of his own nature and idealized into Brahman, and is then worshipped. Right, that's a common thing. We take some extraordinary being, or uh, uh, and you can see even kings have been made into gods, or maybe they are gods. I mean, I'm not. They're talking a little bit philosophically, so I'm not challenging. Uh, uh, like, you know, uh, 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 that, oh, that king isn't God, you know, I believe Ram is God, right, right, but Ram's in a long list of of a thousand thousand kings in his lineage, right, and all of, many, many of them have incredible stories, right, and if people would have claimed those, 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 this is incarnation of God, maybe those people would become saints, right, thinking and worshipping that Ram, you know. Right. Uh, so I'm not challenging whether Ram actually was God. I'm just, but you know, you can see an extraordinary king has been idealized and so, and and who he says and idealized into Brahman, right? Or another to use Swami Shivananda's statement, super all the quality of Brahman superimposed on him, right? Right. Uh, uh, uh. Says the Advaitist, right? The non-dualist is not everything Brahman when the name and form have been removed from it. This is a famous definition, right? Everything actually even in the Devi Gita, this line is there right everything you remove every what is this this book it has a name and it has a form right right and it's 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 brahman with name and form right i am brahman with name and form there's own everything exists there's only this universal existence we add superimpose either we do it or it reveals it or it's intrinsic in it that's three or four different schools of thought in, in, in half a sentence. Right. Uh, uh, whatever the case, right? There's Brahman and there's name and form. If you remove name and form, there's only Brahman. Right? So the, so so a would say, Oh, no problem if you worship you worship a saint as as Brahman, you worship an image as Brahman, you worship a deity as Brahman. Because everything is Brahman if you take the name and form away. Right? If we remember Sri Ramakrishna's uh, uh, revelation of his avatar hood to Swami Vivekananda, who was having a struggle. How can he be Brahman? He's human, he's limited, he, you know all these of, he's sitting there dying of cancer. How can he be Brahman? How can he be a Vishnu or incarnation of God? Right. And, then Suryama, and but then he thought, if if he in his own words, so the story goes, if he in his own words says it even now, then I'll believe it. Right? And so we understand Sri Ramakrishna that he who is Rama, he who is Krishna, is now in this form as Ramakrishna. But then he says not but not in the not according to your Vedanta. Not in the way that... Not because in Vedanta, everything is Brahman. Right? I'm also an incarnation of Brahman. Take my name and form away, there's Brahman. You're also an incarnation of Brahman. Take your name and form away, and you're Brahman. Right? Right? So that's not what he... That's not, this is not that. It's a different type of avatar. Not just we uh, 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 take an extraordinary being and superimpose the qualities of the Brahman. So the Advaitin says, everything without name and form, beyond remove name and form, everything is Brahman. So there's no fault... In taking something and thinking that it's a symbol of Brahman, a pratika. The Vishtadvaitist, the, the, uh, the qualified non dualist, right, says, the fruition of, of even. I'm oh, sorry, uh, is not he the Lord, the innermost self of everyone? That's another thing. He's like, I might name, not, let's not talk everything as Brahman minus name and form, right? Still, God's within everyone's heart as Paramatman, right? And therefore, if we worship, you know, if if if, if I'm if I'm worshiping the Guru, if I'm worshiping a saint, I worship, Still, He is the source of everything. He He exists there. So I'm really I'm worshiping God. And sometimes we think we have this this term that Swami Vivekananda used this term that Seva, for the worship of the poor, right? So he says, oh, so and and, and or Mother Teresa had this term. We worship. I'm I'm worshiping uh, uh, Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor. Right, Really, within everybody, God is there. Right? And therefore, when, when I'm serving somebody, I'm not serving them, I'm serving God. Right? So that, that's another idea. Or when I'm worshipping the, uh, the Guru, I'm worshipping I'm worshiping God. I'm, I'm, within everything is God. So this is a qualified, it's not pure non-dualism, it's, and it's not pure dualism. It's seeing God is, is connected to everything, is within everything, the source of everything, not, never disconnected. Right, and therefore, anything we worship is also God. So that's another justification for this. The fruition of even the worship of the Adityas and the so forth, Brahman himself bestows because he is the ruler of all. Right, this is the quote from the from the Vedic literature, um, uh, uh, and Krishna says that also. Like whatever, whenever who you worship, it's I'm I'm giving the fruit of that worship. Right, you worship the ancestors, you worship the devas, you worship ghosts. Right, you, you worship the Buddhas. Right, still, I'm the one giving, and, I, and actually that worship goes to me because I'm the source of everything. I'm doing everything. Right, so so that's a very big statement. Krishna says, speaking as Brahman, right, in his in Sri Bhagavan he did not say Sri Krishna Vatsh, Sri Bhagavan Uvatsh, in his in his big the big eye, right, right. Says, I'm the one, anybody who worships, they worship me, and the result of the F in I worship, I give them. Right, so that's another. Just this is a, a Gita justification for the worship of deities, ancestors, right? But then Krishna says, but they do it in the wrong way, right? Still, it's not. It's not because it's. They're getting the. They, they're getting what benefit do they get, right? If you worship the the the, the, the sun and you worship the uh, uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, elemental spirits and you worship the ancestors, right, you get the results of that worship. Right And Krishna says, "I'm giving those results of that worship. Really, you're worshiping me, but you don't know it. I'm giving the result and you don't know it, right? But you get the result. You get you, you do something and you get the result of that thing. right That's not Mukti, right That's not bhakti, and that's not mukti that doesn't lead to mukti. that's the Karmakanda. You worship and you get the result, although it's the one giving the result, right? you know it's, it's inter- interesting this is a very interesting point to my I'm going to run out of time. And I foolishly thought I'd do two sections today, but it's not gonna work. Swamiji, <laughs> <laughs> can you call this sakama bhakti or is it wrong to say this sakama when <clears throat> you're expecting something? Yeah, that's, that's an, yeah, that's another uh, Swamiji in a further chapter to me we were talking earlier today with our coffee, a very beautiful chapter where he talks about the triangle of love. where right? like real love, the highest bhakti has no actually by, by Narda's definition and Swamiji's definition, sakama bhakti, uh, sakama bhakti devotion with a selfish end we use the word devotion right but it's not really bhakti right uh, uh, of course and it doesn't lead to bhakti in the higher state of devotion it requires so uh it's not given the term you find something sorry oh. um uh, uh, but it was who will but this is not quite that it's just it's, it's, this is about who you're worshiping Right, if if we're worshiping extraordinary beings, right, as if they're a brahmin, raising them to the uh, as uh, brahmin, right. So he's giving like the advaitin says, no problem because everything's brahmin, right. The uh, shishtadvaitin says no problem because within everybody there is Ishvara, Bhagavan, uh, Paramatma exists within everything, right. Uh, 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 um, others say that no, it's brahmin who's given the results of everything. He makes that worship possible, and he's bringing the results of that thing. So. Uh, um, Says Shankara, Shankaracharya, in his Brahma Sutra in his commentary in the Brahma Sutra, here in this way, Brahman becomes the object of worship because he, as Brahman, is superimposed on the pratika, just as Vishnu and so forth is superimposed upon images. So this is it that he's using very, the very, this, he's being very careful describing, not trying to be offensive or argue with a, or, or, or or challenge other views of this, but Shankaracharya is giving a very uh, psychological definition, philosophical and psychological definition, right? That the qualities of Brahman, the infinite quality of Brahman is being superimposed, just like we said, superimposed on the quali- on the imperfect human uh, personality of the Guru, right? We do that to an image of, just like Vishnu, we, we, we have a Vish, we have a beautiful uh, installed uh, murtis, Pranapatistan has been done uh, to our Radha and Krishna or to our Kali image, right? So, Krishna, who Krishna, Krishna too, he's he's an infinite supreme Lord himself, the source of all the avatars, right? So that mean, did that mean that the source of avatars came from here, right? Or, you know, so, or we're we, that that we, we the one who's the source of all avatars, the source of all of countless trillions of universes, right? We're worshiping that one here, but it doesn't mean it happened from here. You know, there, that that's 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 the uh, important. Point right. In this way, Brahman becomes the object of worship. We actually are worshiping Brahman. We are worshiping Ishwara, right? Through taking all the qualities and, and putting them as if or actually on um, the actual thing is as if or actually. That's uh, that's. Uh, I, I was looking for. I quite right before puja, right before the lecture. I was looking for a little book by uh, uh, Diane Eck called Darshan. Because there is a point that... Because it talked, uh, talks about this very point. Like when, so sometimes we can take it as, oh, it's a symbol of Brahman. right? Or it's Brahman. Right? That's, that's a mysterious thing. right? But not in this limited way. Right? It gets more mysterious. And we go into tantra and worship and like that. The same idea applies to the worship of pratimas as also that of... Uh, uh, pratimas as that of pratika. The symbols as well as images. These worshipable images, like this, like Kali. That is to say, if the image stands for a god or a saint, the worship does not result in bhakti and does not lead to liberation. It's a very big statement. But if it stands for the one God, the worship therefore will bring both bhakti and mukti. So it's interesting to so like I, I, I go our our our, our Guru Maharaj uh, Vishnu when he expired, he was buried in, the, well, in, in his ashram, in lotus posture, an image was consecrated above his body, and daily puja is done, he becomes a source. So he's, uh, 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 we go there to pay honor to, Swami, to, to him. We believe also that his soul is connected, although we be- also believe that he's one with Brahman, and he is Brahman, you know, he's a, a eternal uh, liberated being. right? Uh, still there's something right we we still hold we go there because there's a flavor of him there's a connection we believe he's there in something that's a, the uh, the uh, samadhi pitam is something special right uh, we go to a- we go to Kali temple to worship Kali we go to a Vishnu temple to worship Vishnu. we go to Ganesh temple to worship Ganesha we go to a holy place because the sang was there but we we also know. That while this is a Kali temple, we're worshiping Kali specifically at a Kali temple. It's different than a Durga temple. It's different than a Vishnu temple, right? But we also simultaneously we also know that it's not different. The, 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 the one that's worshipped in a Vishnu temple, in a different flavor, is worshipped here, right? The the one that uh, worshipped here, in a very different flavor, is worshipped at the samadhi of my guru, right? You know, and the samadhi of your guru. Right, you know, it's 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 a it's it's a interesting interesting thing. But some if you take it just oh, I'm just going to I need to do Ganesha. My astrologer said I need to do uh, uh, worship Ganesha uh, with green food on Wednesdays to 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 declare uh, Mercury uh, uh, defect. Right. People do people do that. All people you know on Wednesday people bring a bunch of they bring uh, cabbage and cucumber all this. I know. Okay, I need mean, to put them in Ganesha. I Mom, I mean Ganesha, please, because and, and of course, here Ganesha is also the infinite. But there is a special thing. But if they're just doing it for, for that, then hopefully, according to what their, their their sincerity and their puja and their offerings, and their sadhana, hopefully, their that, that astrological uh, 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 um, hmm? defector uh, would be could will be overcome, right? Could that becomes in the realm of karma? You do a ritual, and you get the result of that ritual, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Hinduism doesn't believe anything wrong with that, right? Other religions say there's a lot wrong with that, but we're not. We're not. We're not like that, right? But we, uh, um, any worship of any deity, in any form, is 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 is, is objectionable. Objectionable, right? But but it's not, but it's the realm of karma, right? It leads to heaven. It leads to better life on earth. It leads to correction of, a, of, a, of an astrological mistake, like that. Oh. But if it stands for the one god if if you know you're worshiping really worshiping the one the one supreme being, then it leads to both bhakti that that worship leads to bhakti and that bhakti leads to mukti right. of the principal religions of the world we see Vedanta here Vedanta the school of the several schools of Hinduism combined Buddhism and certain forms of Christianity freely using images right? uh, only two religions Mohammedan, Mohammedism and Protestantism refuse such help samaji has got to get a little bit class- his classic uh, critique Right? he says uh, uh, that in Hinduism or in Vedanta there's, there's generally no struggle with the worship of images or saints or tombs like this right uh... uh. Uh, if according to how they're seen, it may it may uh, uh, it may be in the realm of Karmakanda or it could be in the realm of bhakti and mukti, right? But we need that we need that connection because we want to worship uh, the, the infinite. Uh, but two, Mohammedism, Islam, and, and Protestant Christianity refuse such help. Yet the Mohammedans use the graves of their saints and martyrs almost in place of the images. And the Protestants, in re- rejecting all concrete help to religion, are drifting away every year farther and farther from spirituality, till at present there is scarcely any difference between the advanced Protestants and the followers of Auguste Comte or the agnostics who preach ethics alone. So this is a strong critique, right? Gadakali Swamiji, he, you see throughout of his lectures, this was his experience, right? Because, I won't have time for this exact point. I was reading a few days ago from um, uh, the perennialist, uh, the other one, Shuan. Uh, right? Fritz Shuan. Fr, fr, uh, I can't pronounce French names. I'm forgiving. I can't pronounce Sanskrit names either, but I'm really, I'm even <laughs> worth it. At, 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 uh, uh. But anyways, he made a point. exactly where all religion ha- is, it has two he says religion has only two points, right? And actually, Sri Ramakrishna says the exact same thing, right? That's why he, he says it. She teaches you to make distinction between the temporary and the eternal, or the real and the unreal, or, or we'd say it's a more religious language, between God and mammon. God and the world, right? Uh, or that which is, that would the unchanging and the changing, the, temp, the eternal and the temporal, I guess, right? And it gives a, 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 a techniques are uh, a uh, uh, methodology methodologies to various levels of success to help one focus on the real and not the temporal so sri ramakrishna said that that a uh, beginning sage when thinks uh, god alone is real the world is unreal right that doesn't have to lead to a world rejecting philosophy therefore the world's bad like no it's like but we're looking for the eternal in we have the temporal we have the changing and the unchanging we were looking for the cha- the unchanging that is the nature of religion that is that's the core of all religions that that if there's a core it's looking for the eternal reality the unchanging infinite ground of being right and so the de- and and then the religious technique uh, and and mythologies and stories and pujas and rituals and pilgrimages and philosophy is designed to help us focus our attention and find and eventually attain the eternal unchanging the real among such, uh, amongst the changing uh, uh, illusion, uh, so the danger. So somehow, or another. We need. We need to keep. Fo- we need to. We need, we're looking for the eternal, but if you have no way to concept to conceptualize it, right? Uh, Swamiji, uh, last week we read, or two weeks ago we read, there's two types of people. Don't worship the avatar, right? And he's talking about the avatar worship, right? He says the the fool and the paramahansa. Right? An ignorant person doesn't know anything about God so he doesn't worship and the Padma hunts is beyond, he's on the other side. Right? So a similar thing, the two types of people don't worship, don't take use of symbols for the absolute. Right? A a fool or an ignorant person, not mean fool in in an insulting way. Right? Uh, Or a worldly, materialistic, you know, regular, uh, uh, non-spiritual, if you can use these terms, sorry, these are not the right term, you know what I'm talking about. So without any knowledge, no interest in the, in the divine, doesn't worship the divine, and those who are already the Paramahansa, the, the Aburhuts, the, the enlightened beings, the saints, uh, they also don't need, because they already they had the direct experience. Until you have direct experience, how to focus on the one we're trying to have direct experience of, right? If you break any, any way to, concept, to to connect with it, Right. If you give up the, the the symbols, the the powerful and successful and meaningful, properly understood or even improperly understood uh, uh, symbols for that, ways of conceptual of, of contacting that, meditating, thinking about it, worshipping it, loving it, developing a relationship, meditating upon it, without that, then it disappears. Right. You have no you have no absolute. Right. So the great well the idea is no we we shouldn't have names we shouldn't have images right because it 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 goes against the idea of the absolute the motivation is philosophically correct right but the result is you lose connection with the absolute right and so what then what then and then your sadhana the practices are designed to help you focus on the absolute and attain the absolute right now become where do they go what are the practices and beliefs of religion is right so Swamiji makes a very strong thing they become just a moralist right or and, and and Swamiji himself was a moralist right he talked about the importance of, of character building so he's not against that he also said that they become just uh, uh, just doing good to society right Swamiji of because of him thousands of hospitals and schools and food you know it's like he was a he was a big because his worship of society is taking society itself as an image of God right but if you don't have the the, the infinite God if you know way to connect with the infinite God, then where do you put your energy? It becomes controlling people's morals in this realm and trying to do good and to the, trying to do some philanthropic good. These are good things, but you we've lost connection with the absolute and we've lost connection with uh, the a viable practice and system to connect and to know the absolute It's a very interesting um, uh, Definition. it's a very clear, like foundational definition of religion, and it fits every any any, any version of religion. Again, in Christian uh, again in Christianity and and Mohammedism, whatever exists, whatever exists of image worship is made to fall under the category into which the pratika or the pratima, the symbol or the image, is worshipped in itself. But not as the help of the vision of God. Therefore it is best only therefore it is at best only of the nature of the ritualistic karma and cannot produce either bhakti or mukti. In this form of image worship, the alliance, the allegiance of the soul is given to other things than Ishvara. and therefore such use of images or graves or temples or tombs is real idolatry. Of course, this is playing with this idea that the grave sin is idol worship. Right? And so it's not image worship. <laughs> I don't, and so this is a unique, this is a slightly specified, specialized definition of idol, is is, making, is taking anything other than God as, as object of your worship. And so when people come here to worship Ma, right, or to go to a Shiva temple, and they go outside and pour pour water on the Shiva they're worshiping. they're not worshipping something other than God worshipping only God right if you're doing here instead of worshiping God right then that's that's idolatry right using a, a Christian term for something you know it is itself neither sinful it is in itself neither sinful nor wicked right that's another part because the problem is that view some people hold it's really bad right it's one of the grave sins right the carnal sin almost you know and in, in, in the big list—it's listed in, in, in the top ten list. Of really bad things—it's right there, right? Uh, uh, so he says it's neither. What is it? It's neither sinful nor wicked, right? It's not. It says it is a rite It is a ritual, right? A karma, right? And the worshipper must and will get the fruit thereof, right? According to it's—it's it's in the realm of cause and effect. If karma kanda, and they'll get the result of that. And so, I still have a few minutes. I wanted to, uh, some thinking about this this morning over copy. We tried to read it, and we kind of mulling over it, trying to think what we're going to not quite knowing what we're going to say. But two images, two verses, or scenes from the Bh- Bh- Bhagavatam came to my mind. So I'll try to quickly uh, share those things. One is a, a verse from uh, um, uh, Third Skanda Bhagavatam, uh, chapter two, verse eight. Um, Durbhago bhato yam Yadhavo Ni Tampi, Samba harim Hara, Ivo Dupam. So this is a, a scene after Krishna had left had died, quote unquote, you know, of course, Krishna doesn't die, but Krishna has le- uh, left the world and uh, and the uh, the Pandavas are also basically, they've all died. I think at this point even the Pandavas, maybe Yudhisthira has also died. Right, he was allowed, you know, like this. And Uddhava, Krishna's cousin, right, uh, and Vidura, uh, Vidura returning from a long pilgrimage in Himalaya, Krishna sent, he, he left before Krishna, uh, um, I think maybe even before Mahabharata war, he left, right? Uh, 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 and so he came back after his pilgrimage and he, looking, where is Krishna? Where is uh, uh, Arjun, Where is uh, Yudhisthira? Right, they've all left. So he found Uddhava, right? And Uddhava, like he describes in the previous scene, he was just showing all the symptoms of ec- ecstatic symptoms called Ashta uh, sattvika bhava. His stand, his hair standing on end, his body elongated, tears flowing from his eyes like this. So he was obviously in a very high state of bliss, right? Whatever he had practiced since that time under Krishna's instruction, he had attained that higher thing. So he asked him, you know, my dear Uddhava. Uh, 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 what happened to Krishna? Where is Krishna? and where is the Pandavas? right? Where did everybody go? What happened? Tell me the story, right And so the first in two verses he answers very and the verse first I didn't put, but he says, actually it's very beautiful. He uses the symbol of the sun, the symbol of the moon. he says, "The sun has set, meaning Krishna has gone. Right? And the rest, and you know but the sun setting is a great symbol of time. 90. And so the, the serpent of time has eaten everybody up and everybody's gone. right? So the son Krishna had leaving, now time has come and everybody has, has been uh, destroyed. So that was the first thing. And then the second verse is the verse here. So says, this is a misfortune of the world. This is the quote. Yeah, a, oh my goodness, big family. <laughs> yeah. Hey there. Just a few minutes and then we'll finish. Huh? Uh, this is the misfortune of the world. It is all the more so for the Yadus. So Krishna left. This is very unlucky. But even more sad than Krishna leaving is that the, the Yadus, when Krishna left, they're also gone here. Right? It's also very sad. right? A fish does not recognize the glory of the moon as long as they see the reflection of it in water, taking it to only be amongst one amongst themselves. So did the Yadus fail to realize that Sri Hari was till then staying with them. So uh, um, actually the so just like uh, the word is um um Harim Meena Ivodupam Navipu they couldn't understand what? All that Hari that it was Hari. That I mean Hari not just not named for Krishna. Hari is the supreme Ishwara, Brahman. Right, uh, Vishnu, right Narayana, the Supreme Lord himself was with them, but they couldn 't see it they didn 't recognize him. Right. why? because he said this is like Ivo uh, dupam, uh, just like a fish with the moon, so this is very beautiful the, the image it 's given in, in, in commentaries it's explained more the the fish are, are are in a pond, and within it the the full moon is reflecting, and the fish are playing fish are dancing and playing with the moon thinking ah see the moon is just like a fish like us in the water right uh, and it's like this N- until the moon sets and the moon's gone then they realize oh what was the what, what was who was it that we were dancing with and playing with our fool we didn't rec- it was only the reflection of it right the reflection of the moon is also the moon you say the moon is in the water look at the moon in the water right but it's not the full moon the full moon is infinite I mean, not really, but you know, the fool. Yeah, it's like sun and sunlight. You say, oh, the sun has entered the room. Has the sun risen? Risen? Oh, the sun. Let the open the window. Let the sun in. If the sun came in, we'd all die within seconds. We'd all melt and and turn to ash instantly, right? But also, the sun has entered, right? So, so this this idea that that the uh, living with these divine symbols, right, and taking them not to be the infinite, their mistake. They lived with Krishna, but they didn't realize he was Hari. Just like the the, um, the 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 uh, the fish living with the moon not realizing it was the real moon, right? Not think, not understanding its greatness, right? So there's another story. This is the one that really kind of emotionally got to me today. From uh, 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 the Tenskan. this is one we we talked about about a year ago, in in, in uh, on the Bible time. This is after the Dhammadar Lila where Krishna was tied, right? And then after that, a, it's simply the, t- the chapter title is just Krishna's p- childhood pastimes. Right, and it describes actually Krishna with the gopis and with uh, uh, Mother y- Mother Yashoda, and them you know uh, making him dance and in heaven him come and giving him milk and sweets and Mother Yashoda letting him drink from her breast and all the gopis fighting to give him sweets and fruit and presents and toys and like the, just out of the incredibly beautiful just sweet loving relationship right uh, with this with with, with God. Right? and then in two verses in the Bhagavatam, as far as I know I can only think, remember two verses that are given the whole scene is given in two verses um, I, don't have the, I didn't uh, transliterate it but I have, I'll give the translation when the, so at one point after playing for so many days with the gopis and, and, and Yashoda and getting sweets from them uh, uh, he, they leave and he's alone in his room right? and he hears from outside a, a tribal woman, a forest woman Right? saying, come get fruit, come sell fruit the fruit's the famous fruit seller scene a lot of paintings have been done from it right? so he says, "Oh, when the fruit seller cried in the street come, come buy fruit, come buy fruit the boy Krishna, the bestower of the fruits of action rushed out with hands full of patty rice grains as if anxious to purchase fruit from her so she said, come buy fruit and but who, who was she calling to? Krishna who came? Krishna and his name here is called Sarvapala Prada the giver of all fruit Right, the fruits, the fruits of all of our actions is given by Krishna, right? But the fruit means there's action and result. The fruit of karma is given by Krishna. So she's telling, come buy fruit. So she's approaching Krishna not as God, but as a, 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 a limited being, right? We can also approach even Kali as such a being, right? Here, Ma, give me blessings. I'll give you a coconut, right? It can be that type of transactional thing. You know, it's like you do this. You do this, like you want fruit? Give me some. Pay, and you get the fruit, right? Not realizing the one that she's called is God, the one who gives all fruit, right? So it, the full knowledge was not there, right? The fruit setter filled those little hands, it uh, was fruit, those little hands, from, uh, from which all the grains had already fallen out. But in return, she found her fruit basket filled with precious gems. These are the two verses, right? Commentaries and other writings, the saints and mystics, and and have filled in the gap, right? I'm not sure if the Bible tells the story further, but in my mind, I am only remembering these two verses, right? But it says so when she came, and she, uh, and by the time he came, he put to his little tiny hands. He carried some rice or some grains. They all spilled. One or two grains were left, and she put them in their basket, right? Here's 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 the money, right? But he's thinking, and she says, this all you have, right? This is, this is not the right price for the, for the fruit, right? Because she's transactional, she's making her living, right? Forest woman making her living. And he says, but my, my, the gopis and my mom give me food for free, right? So I'm not, I'm not accustomed, I don't know how much, how much I'm supposed to pay. I saw this scene yesterday. Uh, At my aunt's, I was uh, uh, helping my aunt yesterday, and she needed tortillas. And there's one of these, one of the benefits of a Mexican neighborhood, you can get anything across the street. There's always a a van, every neighborhood has a van parked with food, you know? (laughs) And so there's like a whole supermarket in a big step van outside, always outside, right? The police make it move, and she moves across the street like that. You go across the van, I wanted to get a pack of tortillas for my aunt, she needed tortillas, right? And inside, there was a little kid, bigger than Krishna, maybe five, six years old, right? And the mom, and he's in there wandering around the truck right, with, so, with, with some money in his hand. Right? And the mom came, like, what is, he, what is he asking? What is he asking? And then the truck driver, the salesperson, says, he's wandering around wondering what he can get for $4. Because right? you know, could say he wants this, he wants this, but these things cost more than $4. <laughs> it's a little similar thing. He only has a few grains, and he wants all the fruit. Right? And so he says, but my, my, my parents give me whatever I want. My, the the gopis give me everything I want because right, they don't have a transactional relationship. They think he's God. They, he's their God, right? Uh, uh, and she, but then seeing him, and seeing something awakens in the story in her heart. Right, it says that her inc- a burst of motherly instinct, maternal bhava, uh, manifest. Right, and she's thinking, oh, your mother gives you think because you sit on her lap and you call her ma. Right and the, uh, 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 therefore she's given you everything. Right, if you sit on my lap and you call me mother, I'll give you all the fruit. Right, this is the thing. Right, so there. That's a. Uh, th- this is not given in the Bhagavatam. This is the uh, uh, filled-in story. Right, in the minds of the of the of the devotees, they meditate upon this lila. So just like the, those the fish not recognizing the moon. Right, but what if they recognized the moon right what if a different experience right because the moon is a, the the a reflected moon is a very good symbol of the real moon just like the ocean the, the wave is a very good symbol of the ocean right you want to know what the ocean's like just stand near the, and a wave will hit you and you'll get a direct experience right so similarly so while well, we worship people worship divine images the pratimas and and, and uh, pratikas and pratimas the symbols and images of, of the gods right they're also god right directly something more god than most most god everything's god but not in that way right and so actually being uh, near baby krishna maternal her devotion uh and a mother's love for a child is not reciprocal it's not transactional that's what i mean not transactional like i'll give you milk if you you know not like that right uh so something happened um, uh uh-uh. And so he said, okay, I, I agree with this, right? And he sat in her lap, says, Ma, give me some fruit. And she immediately put all, all the fruit and gave to Krishna, right? And he went off carrying as much fruit as he can. And she went off with her empty basket with a few grains of rice, right, a paddy, into the forest. And but she's thinking, you imagine, she's now offered her everything to God, right? That's the height of, that's the perfection of religion right there. There's no greater goal, the absolute truth himself, Right, uh, 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 the most intimate relationship between child and mother can't get a better bhava than that right? and she had given everything and he had accepted it right? but she began to she was thinking it's lost in the ecstasy of that moment in that, in that uh, experience an eternal experience right? and she, but she she, her basket was very full, heavy she looked in her basket and there she saw it full of the gems and jewels and money like that right? and she said Ah, where did this come from he says he says I'm a forest person I don't need what was what good does gems do in the forest and she freedom them and the story goes she gave rid of them and she bought that by doing this represent one way to interpret the story as many I last time we told the story we told it very differently to illustrate a different point right but all these stories can this is, came in my mind to, to illustrate this point that um, uh, uh, she approached Krishna as a, as a limited being and therefore had a limited interaction with him you want fruit give me money right but as soon as she changed and because by contact with such but that limit she took him as limited but he's unlimited then when she when when that emotion came up when she began to see him maybe not intellectually philosophically like we we're discussing but but experientially as yeah you know, as her divine child right and all that maternal divine devo- pure devotion came she she gave her everything to with no expectation that's not transaction exact opposite right and then she got everything and everything she got she also doesn't need even the even that she gives up right then you don't need that so that is another way of saying to find the real and and to let go of the unreal right uh, um, uh, There's a uh, uh, one last thing I want to say uh, in re- kind of pulling these two stories together um, about the fish and the moon. Uh, Swami Turyananda, uh Takur is a Sri Ramakrishna's disciple. He lived for some time in Banaras. He lived in the garden at the Banaras ashram doing his tapasya. But in the evening he would come and speak. Not speak, they would do, there'd be a reading of Bhagavatam. There'd be, one of the sadhus would read. And sometime he would uh, comment. Right? He would usually sit there listening in the evening, kind of evening satsang. And sometime he makes make some comments. And they got to this verse, that same verse about the uh, 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 fish not recognizing the moon, or uh, like the Yadavas, uh, the, um, the Pandavas and the Yadavas not recognizing Krishna. Right? And so he says, he's, he, so this is his quote. Uh, Turian, this is Swami Turiyananda. Just as fish play with the reflected moon, we too were once upon living with swamiji so his 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 moon the reflected moon was swami vivekananda himself right their godbrother right we ache with him slept with him in the same room we thought swami vivekananda was just one of us but he is now no more just like the sun moon going down or the moon disappearing now we understand what and who swamiji was the veritable Shiva himself. So this is true of even Swami Vivekananda. Imagine what it would have been what like with Sri Ramakrishna. Right? But uh, but interesting that same thing is like we he also took him for granted. Now a saint or an avatar or a prophet like this we can take for granted and miss. Right? We can also come to a holy place and take these things for granted. We can take the lingams for granted, the images for granted. We can take the the mantras we sing, we sing, and the, the kirtans we sing, for granted, right? And 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 uh, uh, yeah, we, this is a very, to me, a very uh, scary thing. There's a there's a, a poem by Rabindranath Tagore, uh, uh, called um, called? My, the word from miser, krip, kripul, kripul, uh, kripa, kripan kripan I think thing is a point where he talks about a uh, a beggar was a he was he was a beggar on the road and he heard oh the king is coming on the road oh this is a very good chance the king will give something good and he runs with his begging bowl right and the king stops and comes and the king's party comes and the king stops and looks and says hey, uh, what will you give me right and not expected to ask no nobody asks beggar what will you give me right and so because uh, it, so he takes one one from his from his claw. He takes one grain of rice, and throws it. Gives it to the king. And the king throws a gold coin in his bowl, his bowl, and goes and continues. Right. Uh, uh, and then he thinks, Oh my God! Just see, I gave a little thing, and this is what I got. If I had given him everything, he would have given me everything. That's what's interesting. We take not knowing. So we 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 we're, uh, we're dealing with these divine beings, divine uh, 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 tradition. Uh, if we give if we give a little bit, we get something for sure. But if we give everything, we get everything. Uh, Jaya Sri Ramakrishna, thank you for your kind attention. Next week we'll do the Ishta Devata, the Chosen Ideal. A very nice chapter.